Penn State men's basketball lost to Maryland yesterday. I think that means that's it for any NCAA tournament hopes. But let's bring in the expert to talk about that. Plus, there might be hope for Penn State men's basketball when all is said and done here. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is made possible by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by open, matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Zach Seiko, your host as always, and joined by the expert himself, Penn State men's basketball insider for Penn State's Com Radio, and that is Adam Sheets on the other side, our second uh, live edition of Locked on Nittany Alliance. So the, the chat is wide open. I want to encourage anybody to post their questions about Penn State men's basketball, Penn State football, because our last segment, we're going to talk about the offensive line, the outlook, and the transfer portal for Penn State, because that second wave is going to happen uh, very soon at the end of the spring season and see if Penn State is targeting anything specifically but Adam we're talking some b-ball first Mm -hmm. Uh, Penn State coming up short 74 to 68 Uh, but it is Super Bowl Sunday it is Super Bowl (laughs) Sunday I I bet you have some plans or what's your what's your signature dish here for Super Bowl Sunday I think you know it's just the classic wings I think is where you got to start without wings what even is a Super Bowl yeah a Super Bowl party. Do you like the Eagles? Do you like the Chiefs today? Any props for you? You know, we stay away from the prop bets. I mean, we try okay. we try to stay away from them. I'm going red Gatorade, though, today. I think that's oh, you are going red Gatorade. red Gatorade, and I think the, I'm leaning Chiefs. I think only because I think it's going to be back and forth. Maybe Chiefs get the ball last, and Mahomes can score the game-winning touchdown. That's where I'm leaning, but it's going to be a good game, very good game today. Yeah, I'm back and forth on it. I, mm-hmm. I think the Eagles are the superior team, but I can easily see Andy Reid out coaching Nick Sirianni since mm-hmm. this team has been in this situation. Uh, so I, I like the Eagles, and I will stick with the Eagles just because I think a ground and pound and, and Jalen Hurts being mo- more mobile than, than Patrick Mahomes, I think that's the difference here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if Andy Reid has something in his back pocket that Sirianni, it's it's kind of like when Belichick and Sean McVay met yep. in the Super Bowl and it's just like you know the master is still ahead of the student and mm-hmm. Sirianni's only in his second year uh, of being a head coach whereas Andy Reid might go down as one of the best in history mm-hmm. but this isn't a Super Bowl show this is a Penn State sports show Adam uh, men's basketball losing but I wanted to get that out you know how often do the Super Bowl happen oh you know, yeah it's it's, it's the it's there should, tomorrow should be a federal holiday right tomorrow <laughs> should be a holiday uh, but Penn State men's basketball was not a holiday. Uh, 74 to 68, uh, Maryland wins. Uh, Penn State uh, went down pretty early. Uh, they went through a span there where they only had three points early in the game. So mm-hmm. they were very ice cold to start. Uh, but I I was really surprised by Kanye Clary's performance. That was really refreshing given that they really haven't had uh, just, I guess, somebody else 
from the bench really step up. So that was nice to see. You want that, and that's good for the future because he he might be the ball handler next mm-hmm. year. Uh, now Cam Cam Winter is going to be back, but uh, there's going to be a battle for that point guard spot, and, and maybe that's Kanye Clary kind of coming out of a shell here. But uh, they lose. I, I think here, at least my initial thought is the NCAA tournament is all but a lost cause here. Yeah, it seems that way. I think, you know, it's going to take a miracle run here starting on Tuesday against Illinois for this team to get back in that contention. It's probably going to take finding yourself in position where you don't have to play on Wednesday, which is a great possibility in the Big Ten tournament right now. Maybe get lucky, get that single by to Thursday and make a miraculous run to win the Big Ten tournament. That's really your only path in right now. But they have some opportunities. I thought they played well at Maryland at times. You know, they got down early, as you said, were really cold. I thought they did a good job fighting their way back. The offense got going, but then you see their problem in this losing streak's been they haven't been able to stop anyone. And Maryland shot over 60 in the second half. They had everything going. Hakeem Hart had a career day for the Terps, and that's just how they were able to play. So Penn State's defense continues to fail them in this four-game losing streak. And you could tell that Penn State knew it really needed this one uh, because Jalen Pickett played 39 minutes. He was off the floor for all of 60 seconds. And you had Andrew Funk log uh, 37 minutes. But you still had that 10 deep rotation, um, you know, just trying to see if anybody could give you a spark. But really, I I like that Penn State fought because I thought that this game was going to be closer than eight, nine points as the spread indicated. Uh, I think Maryland's very good, but they're not that much better. And I think that maybe things do change here come senior day when Maryland has to visit Penn State, that the Nittany Lions could come out on top because uh, these they, they kind of match style. You know, they they try to be efficient. Penn State likes to fling the three this year, but uh, Maryland likes to slow down the pace. And believe it or not, going into this game, Penn State and Maryland were tied in terms of pace of play, in terms of time of possession. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, those are two very comparable teams. Maryland just have been finding a way to win these games. They've been hot. They've now won five of their last six. Penn State's lost five of their last six. So these are two teams that are very close. Maryland's really good at home. I think, you know, they don't get enough credit. They've now won 10 straight conference home games. They're 13-1 and at home this year. Only lost to UCLA. game is and they were able to find a way to fight their way back in they were down early you know they had lost three straight everyone kind of realized you know their tournament hopes are slipping through their fingers they could have just laid down took the blowout and moved on to Tuesday but they came in they fought they found their way back into this game and you know that's just a testament of this team and what they want when you have five players scoring double figures that's great when no one else on the team scores not so much so the National Invitational Tournament, the NIT. Uh, funny enough, when I was a kid, I always used to call it the Not In Tournament, <laughs> NIT. That's what I thought it stood for. Uh, I think when I was uh, 16, I figured that <laughs> when I was about six or seven, I figured it out like, oh, it's this is an invitational tournament. But I, I think that's a good spot for Penn State. We saw Pat Chambers in that group uh, win it not too long ago. But that's not the banner you want to raise in the Bryce Jordan Center. You want to be able to get to the actual NCAA tournament and the actual actual final four uh here but there's going to be some good news uh, at least what we think we're going to discuss here but do you think the nit is a good spot for this penn state team to really make the most of the season 
I think it's a great spot. Obviously, it's not where they wanted to be, especially with the way the season started and how they positioned themselves to be in the NCAA tournament and this losing streak kind of taking them out of that position. But if they get to the NIT, I think that's a good start for this Penn State team because they have a lot of freshmen on their team. They're going to be asked to take a lot of this load. So getting them some postseason basketball, playing in some teams from other conferences that they're going to be competing against for tournament spots in the future is going to be huge. I think you lose Cam Winter, Jalen Pickett, Miles Dredd, you lose these guys, Mikey Hen as well. They're all going to be leaving the program. Andrew Funk, Seth Lundy will have the choice to come back. Don't know where he's leaning. He's playing really well. He's playing himself into the choice to leave if he would want to. So he's been really good this season. So you don't know who's going to be back on this team. So those freshmen are probably going to be asked to take that next step. So getting them in an NIT tournament where they're going to see this competition, play through a tournament where it's survive and advance, losing you're done with that pressure, I think would be really good for this team and Coach Shrewsbury in year two. Adam Sheets, Penn State men's basketball insider, joining me on another live Locked on Nittany Lines. Second time we've done this here on a Super Bowl mm-hmm. Sunday. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And we're going to be talking the future of Penn State men's basketball because that's kind of the most important aspect here since there really isn't too much to dwell on in the privilege. So, Adam, let's take a quick break here to pay some homage to our sponsor of today's show. And that is going to be LinkedIn Jobs. And... Like I said, today's episode sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs and targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to post your post your job in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That is LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And uh, Adam, uh, this this team has uh, something to be excited about mm-hmm. as we go into segment two here. And that is the fact that Penn State uh, is going to at least expect Micah Shrewsbury to come back. Yeah, I mean, he kind of hinted this in his press conference on Monday after the Nebraska loss before the Wisconsin game. He was very frustrated, obviously, as any coach would be on the way this team played at Nebraska, getting ready, trying to motivate his team. And he alluded to these seniors trying to understand that, you know, their time here at Penn State and in college basketball is winding down for the Jalen Pickett's, Andrew Funks, Cam Winters, Mikey Hen, Miles Dredd. Their time is winding down here. And he kind of threw out this little line that, you know, we can read into a little bit where he's like, I will be here next year. They will not. Which, I mean, obviously there was the rumor about maybe him to Notre Dame. Georgetown was coming up if they would move on from Patrick Ewing. um, And all these jobs were opening up. But Micah Shrewsbury, at least right now, whether he's not thinking about, you know, these other jobs, just kind of focused on this season, not really thinking about going anywhere else. But right now it seems like he's really committed to staying with this Penn State program. 
Yeah, and that's good because of the recruiting class that mm -hmm. he's going to be bringing in. I mean, obviously, Braden Shrewsbury, uh, and uh, that's his son. That's his biological son. Uh, getting ready to actually get in the postseason for mm -hmm. State College High School. Uh, he's one of the three members of the class, Carrie Booth. Carrie uh, Booth's son is going to be a, a very important piece to this recruiting class and, and somebody that they can really build the offense around. But as you can imagine, being the son of Carrie Booth, you're going to be very good defensively. And he comes with that height being mm -hmm. 6'10", uh, and he's only going to get bigger and stronger. So, And somebody that could play right away next season with all the turnover that Penn State's going to have. Yeah, they're going to need Kerry Booth. Obviously, his dad, Calvin, has been with the Denver Nuggets as a GM, so he's been around NBA talent. He sees that, so he sees what he's trying to work towards. Kerry Booth has a goal in mind. Braden Shrewsbury, obviously, has been around this Penn State program since Mike has been here, so for the last two seasons, he's had a lot of success at State College since he arrived at State College High School, and he's looking to bounce that into Penn State. Micah Shrewsbury said when he signed that Braden Shrewsbury might have taken more shots in the Bryce Jordan Center. <clears throat> excuse me, than any other player that he's coached there just because he's in the gym all the time. So, you know, there's a lot of Brian Logan Imes is going to be a great player here as well for Penn State. So that recruiting class, they're really excited about it when they sign and now kind of getting that commitment that Micah Shrewsbury is probably going to be here next year is really huge for them and the class coming in next year trying to get some commits for the 2024 class. Yeah, and thank you for correcting me on that Calvin Booth's son, mm -hmm. Carrie Booth. So I did have it right the first yeah. time. Uh, but yes, Calvin Booth's son coming mm -hmm. to Penn State next season. Uh, but And Penn State will actually have a little height, <laughs> you know, yeah. next year, which will be nice because you'll have Carrie Booth. You'll have hopefully Demetrius Lilly will be mm -hmm. able to uh, grow into that spot. Uh, and then you have Keba Jai, who, who's logged at least valuable minutes in his individual case. So I know everyone, you know, the freshman, the look ahead, the freshman, I know it. I know it's boring, but I think Micah Shrewsbury is building something really special here, and I don't want to see him leave after two seasons. I get it. He's from Indiana. Notre Dame seems very appealing. Now, I've heard some compelling things as far as or conflicting reports is that Micah Shrewsbury isn't necessarily Notre Dame's first choice. Mm -hmm. uh, so if Notre Dame doesn't come calling, then Micah Shrewsbury is definitely going to stay at Penn State. That I think that's the fact of the matter. Uh, also, on top of that, uh, I would say if Notre Dame does happen to offer him the job, that he does leave. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. I don't see how he can pass Notre Dame up. I Georgetown because he doesn't have the he, he has basketball connections, but not connections to Georgetown necessarily. Uh, other than you know, that's just a really good place to develop a basketball yep. program. Uh, but if an if a job like Butler opened up. That's somewhere that I could easily see Micah Shrewsbury. And, and I know what people are sitting back and saying when, when they hear that. It's like, well, why would they choose? Why would he choose Butler over Penn State? Location, roots, uh, the fact that Butler, at least for the moment, puts more resources into its Ben's basketball program than Penn State has in the past. And the X factor, Adam, I'll continue to reiterate here, is the new athletic director in Pat mm -hmm. Kraft. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be huge because there's going to be money thrown at Micah Shrewsbury if he's going to get offered these jobs right now. It's Notre Dame and Georgetown. Butler did just hire Thad Mata, so I don't yeah, think that, that job's opening nope. up anytime soon. And he actually has more connections to Butler than any program outside of Purdue because of his time with Brad Stevens in the Butler program. And he's from Indianapolis, so very close to the Butler basketball program. But I just... It's going to be all up to that money. I don't know where Notre Dame's looking to throw their money at towards their basketball program right now. Obviously, football-wise, just gave Marcus Freeman mm -hmm. a big contract. 
Coach Ivy with the women's basketball program is one of the higher paid women's basketball coaches. So I don't know how much they're looking to invest with Mike Bray leaving into their next basketball coach. I'm sure Mike Bray is going to have a big say in who gets that job as well. So Mike Bray might already have something in mind on where he wants the program to go once he steps down. So I think it's going to be interesting. And I think Pat Kraft, he said before the season how committed he is to Micah Shrewsbury and this basketball program, how he wants to keep Micah Shrewsbury here. He really likes what he's done with the program and wants to make sure they're able to develop and he can help in the best way possible for Coach Shrewsbury to succeed at Penn State. So I think that's going to be the big thing for him, trying to get these resources, make sure Coach Shrewsbury is comfortable with everything going on around him at Penn State where he feels he can build the best basketball program possible with this team. As Locked On Nittany Lions, we're talking Penn State men's basketball with special guest Adam Sheets. I'm Zach Seiko. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new podcast, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts like this show. Uh, Adam, so a confidence level, you would say that Micah should, because I still don't think it's out of the realm that he doesn't return. If Notre Dame puts a contract in front of him and it's compelling, I easily see him returning to the state of Indiana. That's just the fact of the matter here. Uh, So your confidence level that Notre Dame doesn't offer him a contract in this cycle and that they do go with somebody else. uh, And Micah Shrewsbury is back in Happy Valley for at least one more season. But I think that would indicate that he would stick around for maybe two or three more Mm -hmm. years uh, if Notre Dame does not give him the job. I'm at like a nine out of 10 confidence. He's coming back to Penn state this year for the reasons I think he said, I think he wants to be here right now. And also with the Notre Dame job, everyone likes to talk about, I mean, his coach Shrewsbury has been great. And I really like what he's done with his Penn state program. He's been here for two years. I mean, you know, the Notre Dame might be looking for something, maybe a little more proven in who they're mm-hmm. going to hire, unless it's a Mike Bray disciple that they're trying to bring in to kind of continue what coach Bray's done at Notre Dame. So, I mean, there's obviously the questions with Micah Shrewsbury, if you bring him in. So I'm pretty confident he's going to stay at Penn state. I think he's building something here. And I think that's what he likes. I think he's finally really got the roots down. He had a good freshman class come in highest rated class in Penn state history with the class he just brought in that are the freshmen now and then a top 30 class coming in next year with Kerry Booth, Logan Imes and Braden Shrewsbury. So he really likes what he's building here at Penn State and I think he's going to want to see that out before maybe he starts passing up and going somewhere else where he has to restart from square one, hit the transfer portal and then start recruiting his next talent. Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. Our final segment here, Adam, is going to be devoted to football. Uh, You know, you have expertise in football as well. So let's take another break to uh, have a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, and that is Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays not too long ago, and I know my goal has been to eat a little healthier in 2023. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise all the taste the man i've got just the thing for you you've got to try built with built healthy is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't think that they're good for you it is perfect for your new year's resolution that you're still keeping uh hard at work on with all what so what makes built bars so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate that is right 
real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not sure how Built does it, really not. Uh, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a new a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to get your Built bars at Built.com. Well, now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Zach Seiko, Adam Sheets, Locked On, Nittany Lions, uh, putting Penn State men's basketball in the rearview mirror. But some good news is we expect Micah Shrewsbury to come back. And I'd agree with that nine. Just again, if Notre Dame doesn't get its number one uh, or its number two choice, I feel like Micah Shrewsbury is third on the short list because he Mm -hmm. is included in a list. I feel like Notre Dame could get just about anybody uh, because of the institution and because of the money they can Mm -hmm. throw at someone. But uh, if they go all in on Micah Shrewsbury, if that happens, because anything can change, they might get into the offseason and say, hey, this, this is going to be our guy then. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll get worried here and I'll start sweating because I do not want to see Micah Shrewsbury go. Mm-hmm. This program has improved progressively over the past two seasons. And the fact that you have somebody that can take any group of talent and craft his coaching style, craft his offense and defense to get the best out of them uh, is very telling. So mm-hmm. I do not want him to go. He is a young and up and coming coach. Yes. Keep him here. Keep him here. Do not start over by any means if you are able to do it. And Pat Kraft knows that. Pat, mm-hmm. Pat Kraft, I don't think he's interested in finding a replacement or having to. Uh, so uh, with that all said, Penn State football, uh, winter workouts ha- have been quite the, quite the exciting uh, bit of showmanship, right? You, you have that competition. The coaches are putting out the winter workout winner of the day. Bo Prabula's won it at, at quarterback now. Uh, we haven't seen anything about Drew Aller, Jackson Smolik. We've seen, obviously, Nicholas Singleton's won one at running back. Uh, how about Soraya Fisher at defensive line, someone mm-hmm. who had a knee surgery and, and had to come back from a leg injury, and, and now uh, he came in at the end of the season, but he's making continued progress. And again, when you've lost Nick Tarburton, and you do have Chop Robinson and Disa Isaac back, but who are going to be those next options at defensive end? So that's just to name a few here, but that's the defensive line. Uh, Adam, I want to talk about the offensive line because this is probably going to be the – it's a toss-up for me between the backfield and and the offensive line as far as which one is the best position group. Would you give it to the running backs because of Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen solely? Maybe they get another guy in the transfer portal, and that's what we're going to address to follow up with this. But is the offensive line Penn State's best position group going into 2023? I think that the running back with the star power they have with those two, Catron Allen, Nicholas Singleton, just with the star talent might be better. But you don't talk about depth. That offensive line is going to be something to look at this season. They had the number one offensive line recruiting class in the Big Ten coming in. So there's going to be a lot of great freshmen coming in with this class. Jevin Williams and Alex Berkmeyer obviously come straight to your mind. Chim Diono also, who committed on February signing day, could really help them as well. They really like his versatility. And then they have some key guys coming back. You saw the improvement in the offensive line this season throughout the year. You saw they have some really good games. They're able to run the ball in November and then go into the Rose Bowl. They had a lot of success running the football. That's going to be huge. They protected Sean Clifford for the most part during the season. There were a couple games where they got to him, but when they're 
top to bottom performance I thought was very good this season from where Penn State's been to now. So I think, you know, just looking, adding more talent to this room as they were able to do, I think this offensive line is going to be something to watch. And for the first time, you know, we've been saying this seems like every offseason, maybe we have a strength in offensive line that James Franklin's been looking for since he's arrived. And Olu Fashioner coming back definitely mm-hmm. helps that. I, I mean, if everybody stays healthy, I mean, that's that's what's key here. Yeah. Penn State realized that your depth at offensive line can just evaporate just like that. Uh, with Olu Fashioner going down, Caden Wallace, Sal Wormley was never 100%. Mm-hmm. Landon Tangwall had this mysterious injury and in warm-ups that just uh, ruined the rest of his season. Uh, and so I and I imagine that Juice Scruggs got some bumps and bruises along the way, but actually was able to maintain health mm-hmm. for the for the longevity of the season. Bryce Abner was never really a hundred percent, and you're losing him. So, but now like you're losing him for next season too. Uh, but he was able to stay in that rotation, and I think that's what Drew Shelton's probably going to kick into, uh, or maybe push Caden Wallace for that right tackle spot. But and Landon Tangwald, if he's not one hundred percent. I like J.B. Nelson to, to rotate in and get some reps, and they have that red shirt for him coming over from Lackawanna College, but I really like Vanga Yuane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, think, I think ultimately he will start at left guard. I don't know, that, I don't know the severity of Landon Tangwell's injury, but I imagine if he's not 100%, the coaching staff is going to throw out Yuane and say, like, th- this is somebody that if you ask these coaches, and particularly Troutwine, uh, they will light out up about up and coming players. Mm-hmm. So uh, last season, it was, over the summer, it was Singleton and Allen. Anytime you talked about them, Jay Sider couldn't contain himself. James Franklin couldn't contain himself. I think that sentiment now applies to a guy like Vanga Yuane. Yeah, I think there's definitely, like I said, there's depth at this where there are a lot of competitions and not the type where, well, who's just going to be the lesser of two evils in the offensive line room. Now you have two guys that you're like, we are confident in both of them, and they're going to push each other throughout the winter going into spring and then in summer workouts as well to see who's going to get that position. It might be because of the talent in the room, it might not just be the five best guys, the five best guys that work together as a unit up there. I mean, you're going to have so many guys you could sub in. They're going to be so deep at offensive line. This is something that James Franklin and Coach Trotwine have to be extremely happy about going into this season and these winter workouts. There's going to be some real competition to see who's going to take these spots because you have guys coming back who might be losing their spots from these young and uppercomers. As you said, they're just going to continue to push for these reps. And then I think down the road, you know, this class of 2023 with Williams, with Birchmeyer, as you mentioned, and they, they're versatile. Williams is listed as a guard, but mm-hmm. he can easily play tackle and play tackle in high school. Same with Alex Birchmeyer. He, he's listed as an interior offensive lineman, but he could play tackle. Uh, and as some people might be concerned about him saying, well, he's undersized. Uh, he wrestled. He had to stay yeah. under 285 pounds. So now he can put on that weight and they're here. They are on campus. So they will be potentially second stringers. I don't know if they're going to, they're not going to start right away. Caden Wallace has been here for a long time. Olu's uh, he's one of the best offensive tackles in next year's draft class could have been this season, but came back because he wanted his degree to finish that up. Uh, and, and then you have Hunter Norzat at center. And then you have two very capable guards. And what I believe the starters to be Yuane, nothing against Tangwall, let them battle it out when he's 100%. Uh, and then Sal Wormley coming back. But you really, like you mentioned, the depth is there. And then Drew Shelton, as we mentioned, and JB Nelson, uh, Nick Dawkins is a backup center in case Hunter Norzat mm-hmm. has to deal with any injuries. So the line for this season 
could easily at the end of the day be the best position group because I would like to see Penn State get another running back in the transfer portal if that's possible. Kevon Lee leaving does hurt them in this fact because it's not that Singleton and Allen can't be featured backs by themselves. It's nice that there's the two of them that you can rotate them, but I do worry about that. So let's use that as a segue here. Uh, quarterback, running back, defensive line are some of the first position groups that come to mind for a transfer portal target. Uh, offensive line was in there as well. I mean, Penn State admitted it. They wanted an offensive tackle. They were recruiting mm -hmm. some in the transfer portal in the first wave. They ultimately got Chimney Ono. Uh, but do you think uh, – Offensive line is still in that category because they understand they want depth. The Nittany Lions want depth. So what what do you think is the top position of priority uh, when the transfer portal opens up again, Adam? Well, I think there's a lot of things you can look at for top position of priority. I understand Coach Franklin wanted that offensive lineman because we mentioned the depth. It's a lot of young guys, though. If you can get a grad transfer in the portal with that experience bringing it over would be huge for this offensive line as well. Get another leader in that room. I think a huge one for this team to look out for in the transfer portal is probably going to be the running back position because, as you said, Katron Allen, Nicholas Singleton, two of the best in the country at the running back position, maybe the best duo in the country outside of maybe Michigan with Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards both coming back. It's going to be interesting to see how they work together again this season behind that offensive line. But you're just getting another guy in there because outside of the top two, you really don't have that third guy. And if injuries happen, you know, we don't wish that on anyone. But if you get a little banged up during the season, you don't want to have to go where we have one running back and then it's really in trouble. If he goes down, we might have to just spread it out and throw the ball every snap and become one-dimensional. So I think running back is going to be a big priority as well as wide receiver getting another veteran in that room because there's not a lot of veterans. They got one transfer coming in and Dante Cephas have Keandre Lambert Smith, some guys that took some snaps, but you want a guy who's coming in well proven out wide for Drew Aller, maybe a safety blanket for him to throw the ball to. Yeah, they they did grab Malik McLean from Florida State. So mm -hmm. he's actually, a, yeah. you know, Dante Cephas isn't officially in the fold yet until he yeah. graduates from Kent State uh, and then ultimately can add because that that stings that he's not here for this semester. Mm -hmm. uh, that actually uh, bodes well for Malik McLean, who is on campus, can build yeah. that chemistry. Uh, so there is potential that they could go and get a third wide receiver if there's one interested enough mm -hmm. to come in and battle. Now it's not a wide open room anymore when Cephas and McLean came in. Now it's a little more crowded, uh, but I agree at running back. I still think quarterback and James Franklin said this in his most recent press conference that in a perfect world, they would like to go get that veteran presence mm -hmm. of a quarterback uh, for a quarterback room, but they do believe the talent alone with Drew Aller, Bo Prabula and the potential of Jackson Smollett is enough. I just, I don't want to see Jackson Smolik on the field this season. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, uh, I would rather see a grad transfer step in if for whatever reason, and I don't even want to speak it into existence, Adam, but it is reality at some point in time. You just have, you have, you would rather be safe than sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. I would rather see a veteran, uh, a Christian Veyer, <laughs> but he's gone. You know, it's the same thing. Kevon Lee would have been that third guy, but he's gone. So if you can go and get those replacements, a QB three, because I like Bo Prabula as the second quarterback. Yep. And I like that he's different from Drew Aller. Drew, traditional pocket passer. Bo, a little more back to the roots mm -hmm. of Trace McSorley. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they can get that because Michigan did it. Michigan's got J.J. McCarthy, and they wing, went and got back a, a guaranteed quarterback number two in Jack Tuttle. Uh, Tristan Jebbia at Ohio State. 
State now transferring over from Oregon State. Uh, why do they need that when they have two former five stars in Devin Brown and Kyle McCord, and they go out and get a seventh-year quarterback? So if they're doing it, Penn State, I think, needs to be doing it uh, as well. So, Adam, thanks again for the time, as always. Uh, here's to Micah Shrewsbury sticking around mm-hmm. for uh, the long the long haul uh, and, and not getting pulled away by Notre Dame for a better offer. Uh, and, and let's, you know, we'll keep uh, we'll keep on track with Penn State mm-hmm. as football news rolls in. But thanks again for the time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't have any ruining interests in here because I'm uh, unfortunately a Steelers fan and they're not as good anymore. <laughs> You're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Yep. Uh, do you have somebody you want to win or are you just hoping for a good game? I'm hoping for a good game. Leaning Chiefs just a little bit because I do have some friends from Philly that I don't want to have to listen to them for the next two years if they win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm going to lean a little Chiefs. Plus, I think Mahomes is doing great. But I'd like to see the Eagles win, too, because obviously this is a Penn State podcast and Miles Sanders plays for the Eagles. So. Yes, indeed. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the brand new show, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And Adam, how can people keep up with your personal work as well? At Sheets Adam on Twitter, we will find all the Penn State basketball needs you need as Penn State continues to roll through this season. All right, Adam, thanks again as always. And for more Penn State content, keep it right here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for tuning in for the second live edition of Locked On (laughs) Nittany Lions.